welcome to the We're All Fucked podcast hosted by me, Derry Owen. And me, Dan Scrace. This is a podcast designed to try and take a light-hearted take on the ridiculousness of society as we know it and wonder how we all find a way to carry on, even though we know deep down we're all fucked. Each episode, we'll be looking at a particular topic, having a laugh and a cry along the way, dragging along a few guests with us for the ride. Remember to rate us and subscribe so you never miss our rounds. Hello, Dewey. Welcome to the second podcast. It's uh, yeah, big deal. We made it two weeks. Yeah, two weeks, two weeks. It's a a record. And hopefully if we get to a third one, that would be... Yeah, almost as much as double what we've already done, so I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy week replying to all the emails because we've been inundated on the email for the podcast. Absolutely yeah, mental. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. We do actually have an email, uh, so we that's now, that's yeah. pretty cool. Re- remind our, our dedicated listeners what the uh, what the email is, if you can so remember. It's, yeah, anyone get in touch, so it's waffpod at outlook.com, so WAF, we are fucked. So uh, <laughs> wafpod at outlook.com. So suggestions, corrections. It's important we say at this point, whatever we talk about, we don't really know what we're talking about. <laughs> and people are open to have to disagree with us. And we actually want to hear from people, don't we, really? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. probably disagree absolutely. with us and stuff. So, um, yeah, we're not experts in any way. So, yeah, for God, goodness sake, get in touch. Yeah. We're quite lonely anyway, because that's why we're doing this. One of the parts of being nice to, to hear from some people. I mean, it's, obviously not in person. You know, don't like people. No, no, so. no, 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 no. We we don't want to leave leave the four walls. That uh, the outside is a scary place, <laughs> regardless of the the international pandemic situation. It's people are terrifying, or a Slipknot say, people equal shit. Um, <laughs> they know so it. We've uh, yeah, we've got an interesting topic this week. I thought you know I didn't want to go kind of too close to the grain of last week's topic, money. Um, yeah. But money was a very broad uh, subject, so I thought I'd go a little bit more specific this time. Uh, there will undoubtedly be some crossover. But this week, we have the topic of the NHS. Oh, goodness me. We're getting the big guns out of the way. <laughs> Hold on, let, let me well, just get my folio of rants out regarding the NHS. <laughs> well, this, okay. this is the equivalent of sort of, you know, you got your massive cock out last week and I'm like, hey, how does it measure up to this? <laughs> so uh no so i think high, yeah should, should be a good one what i what i did when i was thinking of this topic is i wrote down a stack of questions that i thought would be a kind of nice one to go through mm-hmm. so i thought what would be a good shout i mean we don't have to cover all of these we don't have to even do it in a particular order but I'll just lay the first question out there and we can start to sort of have a bit of a think about it. Mm-hmm. What should the state fund? Are you from a healthcare point of view? Yeah, yeah, yeah. National Health Service. What what you know, I mean, for me, I think anything that would logically include healthcare. So all of your illness, all of your preventative health measures covering physical and psychological mm. um to any degree i think for you know if, if some people for example say oh you should restrict healthcare for people that have conditions that they brought upon themselves for example say someone who's morbidly obese or someone who's been addicted to drugs and has taken those drugs by choice i would still fund that i i believe wholeheartedly that you know you've 
you've got the healthcare there and you shouldn't sort of bring it down to individual blame games because ultimately I think in all of these kind of various conditions most people could find themselves in those shoes you know whether Mm -hmm. it be sort of reaching for the next slice of a 14 inch pizza the the third one that you've had that day or whether it's like a bag of smack I think no one knows where their life is going to go. <laughs> Ham and pineapple get it, will crack. <laughs> get it from the same shop, dear. Oh well, well, if you're lucky, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, when I when I think yeah. about that question, though, I, I would, I would, I would, I'm obviously thinking about it the other way and thinking like, okay, what what should the like the state, as you say, not fund health wise, you know? And um, it's impossible, I think, to, to to say anything. You know, really, I think I truly think nothing is off, should really be funded. It seems quite hilarious to me that um, it's quite relevant to me, actually, this week, <laughs> is uh, how, like, the state have, have basically decided that uh, teeth, they just don't give a shit about teeth. It's like de- <laughs> dentistry <laughs> is broken. I mean, it's actually, I think dentistry is a trailer, so... Imagine a film, so there's a trailer that comes out to show you what's coming up. Well, dentistry sure. is the trailer for me for the NHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, no, you know, if you go sure. back five, ten years, like, oh, you know, yeah, okay, that you could probably get a, an NHS dentist, but obviously, you know, you were having to pay a bit more than usual just for your standard treatments. Probably palatable for most people. Yeah, if you're on Universal Credit, et cetera, you, you'd kind of get, get it for free. Yeah, but now yeah. it's gotten to the stage where it's obviously clear if you're a dentist you're going to make shitloads more money if you go private and because they've all basically agreed on that whether there is like a private dental club or dentistry club that they've all agreed with it (laughs) you know now you cannot get an nhs dentist now so you either literally well this is the problem here anyway in in north wales or anglesey um you know you can't literally can't get it um i know my my partner at the moment she doesn't have a dentist everything she NHS retired, can't get a dentist. I've getting some dentist work at the moment has to be private. It's basically the whole thing's gonna cost me thousands with because yeah. I, I need to yeah, I have to get an implant and everything. I, I had a baby, I've still got a baby too. Fucking hell, man. That's that's rough. Yeah, okay. I swear to god, I was like eating a big little sandwich. bit of innocence still inside your body. I, this is it, yeah. Imagine that this is the last thing I had. The last bit of innocence was extracted two weeks ago. But no, literally, I was like, a few months ago, I was eating a big sandwich and half my, the, the tooth was small. There was a clue in the size of the tooth. But it was like, more or less, like, in the front. And, um, yeah, sheared half off. I went to the dentist said, please can help me. He said, number one, can't save this because yeah. it's sheared in half. It was funny, it didn't hurt me at all. Uh, and number two, did you know it's a baby tooth? So I'm 33 years old. It is, it is. People do have them, but it's very rare, apparently. So, yeah, basically, because of where it is, cosmetically, uh, yeah. I've had it out, and then I've got to get an implant in instead. And, yeah, yeah it's about yeah, yeah, yeah. all in all. I digress. So, yeah, I think... So, I would say dentistry is, is the... Uh, I think it's the trailer for the what's, what's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's what's coming, and, it, again, it's worrying me that it's... Yeah, people are bothered about dentistry not being included, but there's not really an uproar and uprising, which, obviously, we keep talking about there should be. So, um, but, you know, even that, I f- find that how important it is for people's, like, I'm going through it now, your self-esteem, your confidence of having, you know, healthy teeth, your, mm-hmm. your, your, the impact on your health, you know, you can't chew food properly. So yeah, I think yeah. whatever it is coming into health, it has, it's not just that thing, it has, like, such an impact on uh, kind of other stuff. So, 
Yeah, for sure. I, think I mean, probably I'm, your question is your question. If we're actually thinking about it, is is like the idea that they fund everything is it's just out of the question now, isn't it? That 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 question is being posed almost by people to say yeah. like that it's impossible to fund everything. Well, well we should I make mean, that it, choice. Everything should be funded. I, I think I think it's kind of it's always been. I think even when the NHS was originally set up. And I don't know this because I wasn't around and I haven't studied it in enough depth. But I'd imagine that what happened was when it was set up, there was some broad calculations as to how much a human was worth economically. And I, I don't. <laughs> it's no, true. no, 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 no. Not, I, know, I know it's true. I'm just laughing. It's not in a kind of, you know, mean sort of mean spirited sort of calculated way. It's not like saying, oh, somehow, I don't know, a doctor or. I don't know, a famous footballer or someone who's sort of got high net worth, you know, has, has a big bank account, has a few kind of offshore tax havens or whatever, that they're somehow worth more. It's it's more thinking, OK, so they're young and therefore if we intervene now, they will get X number of years of healthy life left. And therefore, when you're 80 odd, 90 odd, you know, my, my dad would call them viable diables. You, you know, you could die in a few years time and lots of people would miss you, but ultimately you're no longer economically productive. You're sucking more out of the state than you're putting in. Mm. You you can topple yeah. off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'd love to see that spreadsheet. Yeah, that spreadsheet analysis. <laughs> Imagine that. I'd be Wait. more bit as hell. But it's true. I understand it, and that's still it's still an effect, of course. And uh, when they when they do it now, and you can understand why technically um when they when the nhs approves drug use don't they because they have to do yeah. an analysis they could be like you always hear of these people saying there's a drug that could extend my life by three months i've got this baby and i'm fair enough i mean your yeah. your, your situation's morbid yeah, but that yeah, drug yeah. that's gonna extend your life for three months costs five million pounds yeah. yeah. Somehow, yeah, yeah. by the way, yeah. I have no idea how, but it costs five million pounds. Somebody's Americans. got a price on there. There's another spreadsheet. But yeah, of course. So, and, and you can understand that probably, like, if you extend my three months, five million quid, I'm sorry, bye bye, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, exactly, I, I know exactly. it has to be a model done. But then, um, but then you kind of like, I mean, for classic cases, I, I don't know the details of it, but there's recently a young boy who was declared partially brain dead. And I think the High Court or possibly the Court of Appeal have recently decided that his life support should be withdrawn and his parents, his mother, is campaigning for that not to happen. Yeah, man. And it, it's it's all of these sort of it's how you know the moral and phys- philosophical questions sort of interact with the economic side of things, the money side of things. And I think it's yeah. kind of really difficult for anyone to kind of get a good concrete answer on because most of the time typically anyone who's listening to a podcast is probably above a certain wage bracket by default i would hazard a guess i mean certainly most people that you and i know are you know i wouldn't say yeah i mean like no i don't know anyone who's genuinely in poverty i know lots of people who you might consider poor economically but you know no no one who's sort of going to a food bank regularly so it's it's one of those things that sort i think that your perspective on those issues changes the more economically secure you become i think that it's it's very easy when you have a lot of money in the bank account to take a particular perspective because you know that you've got the backup and the security whereas if you're in the queue for a for a you know for the emergency dentist because you can't get an nhs dentist and you can't afford the private health care you know what i mean it's one of the classic until it affects you kind of thing 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but what um, do you think? You, do you think that they just shouldn't fund anything, or, or, or are you going more of probably fund everything? But like a dentistry kind of maybe used to be, you know, you you need to pay because I think that's what's that's what's going to come in. You know, we're talking about you know people complaining a lot now about getting access to GPs. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, it's a lot more tough, and you're getting all these businesses popping up now. There's there's apps there. The Americanization is happening to workplaces now as well, where they're offering kind of private health insurance yeah, perks. For sure, for sure. You can literally speak with a GP face to face over an app for like fifty quid. And if you're like a busy person who's you know might be quite comfortable financially, you don't want to f- sit in the phone line eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You're gonna phone and you're gonna pay that fifty fifty quid for that GP, and it's gonna yeah. normalise it and. It, the, the, it's going to start coming in similar to dentistry. I think, well, okay, every time you go see a GP, it's going to cost you 25 quid, maybe, something yeah. like that, uh, yeah. just to help meet no, demand. Definitely. But of course, that will always fuck over the poor people. And I'm sure they'll always come in and say, yeah, well, you will get it for free if you hear that and everywhere. Yeah, but of yeah, course, yeah. if you're eroding and the changing yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the support and the, uh, what do you call it, the, the parameters, the eligibility or whatever for those state stuff yeah, well yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a perfect thing in it and i think if you're really now in destitution yeah you probably can get a lot of help quite quickly yeah. but if you are just like really struggling on a day-to-day and you just and that yeah, pool yeah, yeah. Of people is huge like the, men- the mental health services you've got this situation where you have to be kind of in quite an extreme situation before you can access the support quickly and a lot of the time people almost have to slip down before they can get picked up and and that's that's why you kind of got all these services designed to sort of do your early intervention stuff and sometimes that's provided by nhs sometimes it's provided by third sector um which brings me on to my next question what What a seamless link (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it would it would have been seamless if you hadn't fucking pointed it out about about a minute ago. I was like, Sorry. oh, I've got it. I've got this fucking nail. It's going to be fucking. No. Oh, oh well done, Dad. It's smooth. <laughs> smooth like peanut butter. <laughs> smooth, smoother than a fresh jar of Skippy, as a, as apparently a, a man once said. Um, yeah. What is the role of the third sector? Would you would you say? I mean, we've both. That's how we met. How would you? How would you define the the importance of the the third sector, the charities? Yeah, it's it's a lot too important, isn't it? Unfortunately, um, yeah, I think you've got two problems. You've got problem number one. You you've got obviously the NHS that has not been funded properly, um, mm. as we all know. That is causing a need for other agencies of the sector, in this case, to come in and do them. And then, unfortunately, there's a lot of charities out there that we know we've been working for some of them who are scripting and scratching for money. Yeah. And there, some of them are looking for for contracts or something to become involved in. And unfortunately, they're probably quite happy taking certain things to support the NHS because it's nice, touchy-feely things for them to do. But it also, unfortunately, normalizes the NHS not doing its own fucking job yeah so yeah, exactly you, you know I, I think third sector's got a place it should be doing less than it is now shouldn't really be involved in healthcare we've worked for charities before that do the touchy feely stuff around yeah. the nhs you yeah. know the stuff like maybe helping with a little bit around the transport helping around kind of uh you know just checking in making sure somebody's all right yeah. at home yeah, yeah. 
Um, but the minute you start finding yourself on wards and stuff like that, kind of doing certain stuff, you'll, you'll, you'll assume they're kind of doing probably things that you shouldn't do. However, there's another thing here as well, and actually talk with, and the, having worked for charities, we're probably well aware of it, quite a few charities, is that a lot of them, unfortunately, are unlike businesses. You know, yeah, well, they, they have we, to be if they're competing for the They have the to contract. be, yeah. And there's a lot of things that people, you know, if you, this is something that goes out to our listeners, give to charity 100%, they do amazing work, but for the love of God, tell them what you want them to do with that money. Yeah, Don't absolutely. just, like, write a cheque for 10 grand and give it to X charity. They can then literally do whatever they want without that. can be a bonus for the CEO, you know, yeah. more, more yeah, majority yeah. of it anyway. So literally just tell them it's called restricted funding and then they must do it. So that you would answer the question as I just turn to another rant. No, no, no. I, I think it, I think it does. I mean, it's sort of. I guess for me, you kind of touched on it. My perspective on the third sector is that it props up a failing state. Mm-hmm. It's 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 and and yeah. not just sort of in terms of actual sort of physical reality. Like a really good example is I can't remember their proper name. Is it Awir Las in in Spetigrinev? Or I'm not sure they cover just Spetigrinev. They might cover the whole of Betsy, but definitely you know charities where local people come together they believe wholeheartedly maybe they've got sort of really strong personal connection to a certain charity and they see a situation and they know that they can help you know whether that with be their fundraising skills or talent or i remember there was a um i can't remember his name but the guy who always turns up and pretends to be elvis every year is a elvis impersonator and he's you know he's got a talent he wants to give back to the community and he raises money for for charities i get that but ultimately what it does is it allows unbridled capitalism to continue to exploit the working class and to demonize and victimize people who are already down at the bottom of the pile we've got a capitalist society which accepts that we have sort of different wouldn't call it classes in modern day but you've got this kind of striation of of different economic values and you can broadly lump people and sort of you know the working poor um and then like the middle classes and the the landed gentry and the sort of super rich and the problem is that the third sector essentially props up that system by saying oh it's you know the the people at the very top can go along and sort of help out by doing something altruistic whilst ignoring the fact that they're hoarding most of the world's wealth and it's it's just it's fundamentally disgusting. So I I'm really crap at donating to charity, but I do a lot of charity work. As in, I volunteer a lot of my time, and I have worked for charities for you know still being more paid, valuable. But, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, but we know, don't we? Working for the third sector, you know, the, the wages are dog poor, and if you if you're going for any kind of funding that's going, none none of the funders want to pay you salaries with it yeah so, barely you know. any barely any so and it's it. a skeleton staff as it is and you know you're working with amazing uh people you know people who want to make a difference things every day but yeah absolutely it's the, absolutely. a lot of it's very short term isn't it really so um yeah it's, and, it's, 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 it's a, being a very kind of uh, stormy sea um and i think that in unless you're sort of in one of the big players one of the big big charities you know most charities tend to struggle you know from and therefore the services that they provide constantly bend and shift depending upon kind of what the priorities are of the big funders and sort of and they end up sort of playing this cat and mouse game of the funders wanting to make a difference and the charities wanting to make a difference but having this sort of dialogue as that okay how do we best achieve that 
but no one actually getting onto the problem, the fact that the economic machine is broken and it's propping up, you know, the, the money. I mean, like, I, w- I remember kind of, we brought in a, a 10 grand, I think, from Tesco's. Incredibly happy and incredibly proud of that. You know, it was a big, big deal at the time. But then you look at sort of the amount that, I don't know, it's, it's an easy target, but say fo- the amount that footballers get paid, and I love football, but, you know, the amount that, high level footballers get paid you can't justify it given the economic inequality in in our society it's 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 a major issue but you know it's it is what it is isn't it it's not gonna it's not gonna suddenly change i yeah, think it's a political decision though isn't it i think i mean just imagine what well, there's two points here one of them is really relevant to the nhs and one of the i suppose not that slash is so number one is you've had systematic erosion of the nhs over the last, you know, 10, 11, whatever X amount yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, a, which is a political choice. And then they decide to know what we'll do now just to correct all that is we'll charge you more money, we'll tax you more on your... Yeah, 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 people yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's no uproar on that. Yeah, yeah, there's no uproar on that. And if that is not followed up by a, a report, an inquest, a, a, a journalist, I don't give a shit, to make sure yeah, yeah. that the 1% that we all pay, and let's be honest, you know, the national insurance... Everybody bloody pays it more or less, you know. They, yeah, they manage yeah, to get the coffers. Yeah. Um, so th- that was kind of just accepted. A similar thing. You go into with charities. You don't, I don't want to kind of uh, go off topic, of course, because we talk about the NHS. But it is relevant, I think. It's the same thing there with foreign aid, where they've just mm. cut foreign aid, and yeah. then that's obviously linked to all these people coming over in boats. Why? Why? How can we yeah, stop yeah. them? Well, you've just removed the funding <laughs> to try and keep the whole idea of foreign aid to try and keep them in that country, to yeah. stop them boarding those boats. They're not coming for a laugh. And then, of course, you've got these massive shows just to get you to oh, look at all these poor people, yeah. you know, abroad. Yeah. And I know a lot of countries actually abroad where they actually film those aren't very happy because it paints a lot of like African. It makes uh, it look awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, actually, and, and a lot of. And a lot of the war well, they're yeah. doing, of course, again, is trying to get you to pay something that the state is choosing not yeah. to pay you don't you're working your socks yeah. off you're already paying your tax and you're, you're playing the game and the whole the whole mate. sort of i mean if going back to the the racism tangent of last week i think it's sort of there's a whole debate about reparations and you know i, I won't go on this but you know sort of the the historic injustice of how certain empire building countries have treated certain other countries and whether there's a kind of there's an existing economic inequality there and whether there needs to be some kind of equalizing between those two economies to say hey you know we've held you back for so long and you're you know currently facing these issues i mean it's it's obviously more complex than that but it's uh yeah maybe that's another another topic for another day Uh, definitely is i think so yeah is one of the things <laughs> the the thing that I was kind of really wondering for third sector is that where do we where do we justify it? Because for me, things like the NHS very clearly defined. We both broadly agreed that you know pretty much any healthcare, mental health, physical health, you should fund it through the state. Yeah. Where the third sector comes along, you know, you've got the touchy feely, the sort of you know royal voluntary service checking up on people helping them lead more fulfilling lives after periods of illness and that kind of thing. Um, where does business come in? You know, is, is there a role for business in any of that? You know, if, if, if what's, what's wrong with a private company 
can turn a profit if it's a small local enterprise and even maybe if it grows a little bit you know it to, can do, employ to do people. what sorry that a charity's role well anything or are you talking about could, NHS? Could, could be could be nhs i mean you you think of kind of there's um you know what's wrong with a dentist who's being paid much less than they used to be nhs has been cut they still got a mortgage to pay. They've still got to keep things going. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm really clear that I don't blame a single dentist for going private. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't. I mean, they've got to, at the end of the day, look after their own family. And, you know, um, I'm sure some of them go and want to make a difference to people. Um, mm. And they can still do yeah. that by make more money going with it <laughs> privately. I think... Yeah. Um, I think I don't think a business can probably we know we've been there and I don't think a business can be viable and anything to do with the with the third sector unfortunately just can't see it uh you know how you can turn a profit we know that they can turn a very 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 healthy profit doing healthcare but I just generally genuinely believe that making a profit should not be driven in any way shape or form uh, when it comes to healthcare I really I really don't I can't see it's it's very tough. Like you can see a role for services for people who 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 maybe you know want to choose maybe to go and see a certain person. I think mm. I, I do understand that like, your classic Harley Street or whatever. If you're a football club and you and you want to go there and you've obviously got the money, but you shouldn't. That should not come at a. a at an expense of a state, a well-performing state version of that healthcare. Do I make sense? Yeah, yeah, no. That well, what, what you're basically saying is that it's okay for the for for there to be a sort of elite level medicine to to have medicine is that is at the very cutting edge and costs that much more because of it because it is at the frontier edges of our science, but that shouldn't be at the cost of a state being able to fully fund. An, an NHS or a you know a state healthcare yeah. that actually fully supports the entire population by default, regardless of their income. hundred percent, and you know the the systems at the moment, the both of those systems. You know, I'm talking about a Harley Street kind of somewhere. You know, they got they're all, all their own same shit. You know, their their equipment and everything, and it's fully in its own bubble. Mm. Uh, but at the moment, you know, there's a member of my family basically who um, had a bit of a scare. Uh, health-wise, was quite told straight away that the necessary tests that you need will take between nine and 12 months yeah, on the yeah. NHS, or you could pay me £3,000 and you can go a lot sooner than that. Obviously, decided to pay that because, you know, it was a scare, you know, a proper yeah. scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, fair enough, they've, they've, they've got the money. They paid it. They got to go to the local NHS hospital the following Sunday on the NHS machine to get this, that test done. Yeah, now, yeah, then yeah. how in God's name is that allowed? Yeah. The only way that would be acceptable if the NHS was running like cream, but it still wouldn't be acceptable for them to use their machine. There should be a machine somewhere in you know that, that person's office. Right, you know what clinic. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't. It was that is disgusting. You know, uh, how can that be right using their own machine? Are they? The, but we don't know, do we? The intrinsic, you know, the intrinsic. We know the privatization is happening, but yeah, I mean, where's what, the what, data? I need the I need the raw data. What, what would what would <laughs> probably be quite fun right. is um, getting. I I've got a good friend of mine, childhood friend, who is currently studying to be a GP. 
he's finished his main medical training, but GP training is further on. And then also one of my cousins is a GP. Um, so it could be quite interesting to get them on at some point and just have a have sort of more of an in-depth chat from someone who's actually working in the field and sees this day to day. If if obviously they'd be willing to kind of go on record, so to speak, because I know these these things are obviously very sensitive issues. Um, I mean, this this what do you this think? Next, what as in my instinct Roll around private, kind of, yeah, and yeah. Care. I mean, I am going to the dentist tomorrow, and I had an inlay done a few weeks back, and basically like a crown but a bit sort of fancy a crown's a bit more sort of invasive so you've got a bigger bit of the tooth basically whereas an inlay sort of a little bit less there's some of the tooth is still in there and an inlay can just sort of you know go on top um i was very happy at the time the last time i went um he put it all in got it sorted and everything and then about a week ago or maybe less than that it came out yeah (laughs) bloody scary so i mean no no i mean it it bled a little bit at the time but when i say bled i mean like less than a paper cut you know just like oh there's some blood (laughs) in my finger um but it was like just because it was like sort of something in my felt something between my teeth sort of thing i was just getting it out kind of thing like a bit of food or something and then the bloody tooth came away and i was like Oh great! Well, that that's a lot of money. I hope he doesn't charge me to stick it back in. Well, this is <laughs> it, isn't it? You're already thinking about money there. Yeah, yeah, instantly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't. No way. That's the, I genuinely wasn't concerned about my own sort of well-being or health because I wasn't in agony. I was just thinking, is the, is he going to charge me the same amount again? And I won't yeah. know until tomorrow morning. So I'm a little bit. Ooh, let's see. Let's see. But I mean, going going back to kind of, you know. What what your question was and sort of why I why I brought that up is because I I went private. Um, I had a choice. You can get an inlay on band two for about or, for, or it might have been band three, but anyway, it was about it was going to be about two hundred and something, two forty or two sixty or something, and that was that and some fillings and other bits and pieces. I was like, oh, grand, you know, nice one, and then. I asked about the different options around the inlays and you can get sort of the bog standard one and it looks kind of an off-white colour. It's not, basically you can tell it's not your tooth or you can get one that's colour matched and the material that they make out make it out of is far more durable. So, it, you know, I'm talk- he the comparison he made is if you were to take a dental drill and put it into the side of the tooth, the drill would start to wear down before the tooth did. And I was like, yeah. I want that one. He's a good salesman and, as well. Then. <laughs> oh, he's he's a love. He's he's an Irish chap, and he's absolutely he's lovely. He's is as as charming as you expect the Irish to be, as the reputation, um, you know, is deserved. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of. It's a bit like going to the mechanic, isn't it? Basically, you've you've got yeah, to surrender a degree of trust. It's not we we don't go to school and learn basic dentistry the max we get at school is how to brush your teeth and when you go to school you don't learn about mechanics normally like the most sort of close related subject is i did industrial tech at gcc i don't know how to fix a car if i have a car and it has a problem i go to someone who's trained and knows how to deal with cars and i give them whatever money they need to go and do the things with the car so it's like 
I I am incredibly vulnerable. <laughs> on a massive tangent. <laughs> a private role of an agent. <laughs> You're talking about cash. And I'm I'm not going to cut any of this. I, I refuse. <laughs> this this is podcast gold. I'll have you know. <laughs> go for it. Sorry, go on. But it's no no not at all. I think I think basically what I'm saying is that I feel fundamentally like yourself that it shouldn't be in there i think that the purpose of business is to give us stuff that we do not have a fundamental right to and that's where people can get profit when profit comes in where it's something as fundamental as healthcare it's a serious problem um and if innovation has to go slower because it's being funded by the state rather than funded by some private business and you know it's generating profits and all of this I mean, I might be ignorant in saying this, but so be it. It's, you know, ultimately our society isn't going to collapse. We're not suddenly going to kind of shorten our life expectancies massively. We already live incredibly long, healthy lives, at least in the Western world. So, Well, you've already touched on something there now that um, bothers me, right, about the NHS. And, you know, we've talked about business as well. So actually, let's talk about business now. We've got government that is hell-bent on privatisation, i.e. running the NHS like a business, okay? So obviously, I do run a business. And if you're thinking about it like a business, you need uh, supply and demand, isn't it? Simple. Mm. You know what the demand's going to be. You need to make sure that the supply's there. So we've known since the beginning of time, almost in the UK, our population grows every year, correct? Just natural. does go up. We know... This is the beginning of time <laughs> that we're all living older, correct? Yeah, you know, yeah, for, sure, better. for sure. However, <laughs> knowing all of this information, it's basic fucking business that if you're not building more hospitals or or creating additional, bringing additional doctors and nurses and board to service that demand, how can you be fucking surprised after a certain amount of years that you can't service? That, oh, there's just too yeah. many people coming in. There's just too many people coming in. We're just we're all living too old. Okay, then so we either stop immigration tomorrow, which we're actually trying to do, and it's fucking up the country slowly. Send them so then, to Rwanda. The, the, oh, fucking dog. The second thing, the second thing then is shooting my grandmother when she's eighty. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, that you yeah, only yeah. get to eighty now. We're not going to help you. Bye, bow. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bow. Have a cut off. That's what say bye bye bow. That's why you say goodbye to a dog like that. So. You know, so that bothers me. You, you know it's coming. You, we know every year just by natural and organic way that the population is getting older. And So you service that demand. I couldn't be, if, if I know I've got a big contract coming down the end, you know, with my business. And thinking, oh, can't sound here. That's coming in about six months. And I still know I've only got me, two members yeah, of staff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't be surprised when it comes to me not being able to deliver. Sorry, I have to put you in a waiting list, mate. This is a disgrace. You knew yeah. I was coming from sick. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that really, exactly. really bothers me. Exactly. Not many people are actually talking about that, I don't think, about why don't we just plan it properly. But maybe yeah. that's linked yeah. to being generally, obviously, we know not. Well, I mean, stuck I, think, I think part, part of the issue is that you've kind of got like, an electoral system that tends to make governments look at the short term and look at what yeah. sort of short-term voting priorities oh, are definitely yeah whereas if you had a more sort of proportional system you'd hopefully allow governments or enable governments to take a more strategic view and it would be less about sort of egos and different parties sort of 
trying to stand out as like oh i do this i do this and trying to set themselves apart or sort of races to the right or to the middle as we've seen over the last 10 15 years but more a kind of sense of okay so we as a population how do we get you know how do we get to a more positive more well future you know how do we collaborate and and work together to achieve that ultimately it's fucking difficult if you're at each other's throats essentially yeah no no this is this is it isn't it and i think the the problem is with funding maybe large amounts of money which we know healthcare does swallow i think it does take a long time to see the benefits of it like you say because of the short sightedness so if you invest yeah. in actually 10 billion pounds you're probably not gonna see the see results the maybe for four or five years measurable which by the time they're probably out of government or whatever Exactly, exactly. If these guys don't get out of government next time, mate. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm moving to Snake Island. I uh, I don't know. I I think, to be honest with you, I think it could go either way. It's very much... It's it's unbelievable. It's proper. It does make me giggle because it is so sort of all over the place. And you really... I don't know. I I wish... I mean, in some ways, I should probably get more involved in my kind of local community and get to speak to someone that some people i don't know because i feel sometimes that i am in a bit of a bubble with like social media and stuff people sharing the sort of similar political views and there are you know literally millions of people out there who still fundamentally believe that boris johnson is doing great for this country and and will definitely vote conservative or maybe thinks oh you know he hasn't done that badly did you see recently it came out that he had a when he was a foreign secretary he had a blowjob in his office, yeah, off yeah, his current life. Day, yeah. I was just like, James where? O'Brien on on LBC did a good bit uh, where he just like he was just like totally aghast at it, and like <laughs> he was just like, I'm gonna ask everyone, does anybody care? Does anybody <laughs> actually care about this? Because he was thinking, imagine that was Keir Starmer, imagine that was yeah. Yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. else. Um, do humans have a universal right to healthcare? And if they don't, should we accept that health inequalities will grow massively as climate change causes our economies to break down? <laughs> <laughs> if it was ever a, you basically <laughs> taking everything that's burning a hole in your head and put it into one neat, tiny question. It's a lovely question. It's a lot to unpack there. I know I, I, I was packed less to move to Australia <laughs> I was sat I was sat in the gym about to do a class and I was like just typing this out on my phone and thinking how do I how do I sort of summarize because because I mean for, for basically for me I mean I'm not saying that what we've just discussed is pointless but a lot of what we've been discussing is based on the current political and economic realities yeah, yeah. and what's going to happen is massive water shortages massive food shortages we've already seen bits of food shortages but most of them you can kind of cope with either by paying slightly more or just by buying you know even when i don't know i think for a while wasn't there shortages of sunflower oil or something and it's just all right well i'll buy some olive oil then it's not sort of you know one of those big like oh no where's my sunflower oil it doesn't you know it doesn't make any sense but i think that you know i don't want to put a timeline on it but five ten years time We're going to see other countries in the Southern Hemisphere, naming no names, that are going to see massive, massive death. Mm-hmm. And us up in the UK and, you know, in other sort of Northern Hemisphere countries, we're not going to kind of, we can't turn around to them and go, oh, yeah, you'll, you can, you know, we'll build a wall. 
you can go suffer. The reality is, is that probably substantial numbers of the people who live there currently, if they survive the forest fires and the earthquakes and the rest of it, are going to want to move in. They're going to have yeah, neighbours. going to steal my job then, Dan. <laughs> oh, well, no, you're a businessman. You'll be fine. You, you'll have you'll have new no, employees. Sure. Do you know what? Do you know what they'll do if we still have the tourism power? They'll allow you to underpay them. They'll they will create a new class of citizen where they're not quite British citizen, and you get to pay them half the minimum wage. You'll like that. But you know what? Like, yeah, since I've been self-employed, I'm. I, I. You would think I would start to at least entertain a few conservative policies. You know, no. being no. oh Christ, no. <laughs> it's just absolute, absolute abhorrentness. I think you not, can not only tempted. be the party for business. Yeah, that means if you're a multinational conglomerate, you know, <laughs> that can hide. Do you not have aspirations, though, Debbie? Pardon? Do you not have aspirations? No, not at all. See, a best way, I think, Dan, so split the question up. So the first part of the question was, I believe, is NHS a human right? Oh, sorry, the healthcare human right. Yes, yeah, in any yeah, civilized country, yes. Sure. Okay. And should we accept that health inequalities will grow massively due to climate change? Is that uh, something we should just accept? We would have to accept it, I think, yeah, because we can't control other countries and, you know, loads of leaders are psychopaths. And yeah, it is going to happen. It shouldn't, but it, but it will. So I think, yes, we should accept it. I, I, I agree and I disagree. I think that I think, yes, it is very likely to happen. I think that hopefully what will happen as climate change really starts to bite and and people gradually do wake up, it'll be too late. But what I think we might see happen is quite revolution on quite a mass scale. I think that you're going to have a kind of uprising of people where some of those people will hopefully be responding to kind of the compassion and sort of reaching across the borders and saying to those people who are, you know, a few thousand miles away, we need to live as humans, as people on this planet, you know, not get tied into sort of what our national identity or what borders say or whatever, work together because there's only so much of the planet that is now habitable. Let's come together and try and make the best of the planet that we still have. But yeah, and my, probably... my concern with that is... And I hope so as well, Dan. Um, my concern with that is the stupidity of people. Mm. So we we that's know... A, that's a big factor. <laughs> it's a big factor. And um, is it the stupidity that's been a bit too harsh, I suppose, when you've been subjected oh. to it constantly since the day they were born? <laughs> but anyway, it's there's always going to be... There's going to be those guys, and there's going to be... Yeah, there's going to be hopefully more mobilisation when shit like this happens. But there's always going to be that guy or woman... Um, that stands up and has got an alternative view politically. Yeah. This, this person on party is telling you that this is going to happen and this, no, that shouldn't happen. What's yours is yours. You should do this. I'm telling you this. And, and people are going to vote for that as well. So I don't think it's it's like a given. Um, there's going to be scary shit happening and things are, are yeah, there's going to be more mobilisation than there is now. God, should there be mobilisation now? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it might be to the extent where we want it to be and we'll be we'll when when countries we know the uk is not going to be the first one to drown and be on fire yeah we'll just be sheltered from it the media will shelter shelter us from the news and i think we will literally be insulated from a lot of it because they're going to be well aware 
they want don't want to cause panic. God, that's that's depressing view, isn't it? Yeah, that, well, I mean, it's it's fucking pretty close to reality, isn't it? You've got this issue of our awareness is very much dictated by the media and by the internet. And my awareness of forest fires in Australia, for example, were, was really limited to what I saw on the internet and TV up until when I went to Australia a few years ago and saw physically where the forest fires stopped. And you could throw a stone that distance, but it's like, you know, I wouldn't have seen that previously. So we are very much limited to what we've what we know basically yeah yeah did you know there's been a drought in somalia for four years did not have a clue no the the rains just haven't come for five years or sorry four years i think and then That's she's scary. like oh these these pesky pirates well of course you'd be on the boat you know those are bad people and i'm not saying that i mean but you know, it's just it's just another angle. It's just another yeah, yeah, angle, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's, it's the Pe- things. That people, really... I would say, I would say, people making not bad people, people making difficult choices. I uh, I can't imagine being a pirate myself, but I'd imagine if I ever chose to do that kind of line of work, I would I would have fucked up somewhere along the line. If I personally went off to become a pirate, there's something deeply, deeply wrong. <laughs> if you think that, that is that's the logical next step here i've tried everything else I, i'm becoming a pirate i think i think it'd be more likely to involve an eye patch and a wooden leg than than probably the ak-47 in the speedboat to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god um oh this this is an interesting one and, and i mean i kind of i was hoping that you may have a, a little bit of an insight into this or a little bit more knowledge and awareness shall i say how localized can a health service be and still work? Back in the day when the slate mines were active, one of the things, I mean, I, I did a tour of the slate mines a while back as like a, as part of the Welsh Language Day. And one of the things we were told is that they would have their own sort of version of an NHS. So every single person in the crew would put a certain amount of their wages towards um, the healthcare every single week. It was just the standard part of your salary you'd get paid, I don't know, I don't know numbers, but say £10 in £1 goes towards your healthcare. And so that meant that every time that someone was struggling, they would always get that, didn't matter, didn't matter how much money they had, they'd be looked after. Yeah. And I'm thinking, as our society kind of breaks down, and as, you know, <laughs> Westminster and the big powers that be become more and more disconnected, yeah. To what extent can we group together as communities and as a community come together and put money in a pot that will then fund a service? So it's quite aside from, you know, I mean, probably would only ultimately work if you weren't also paying taxes to a service that didn't actually help you. Yeah. But what, what's your, what's your I mean, thoughts? It could work. Like I mean, that? yeah, I mean, I mean, it could work. But my God, Jesus, we pay enough taxes already in this country to have a fully functioning health system. So I think unless you're, you're, you'd be telling me, all right, you pay less tax to, to the government and you we, there's a more regionalised. So, you know, mm. instead of paying 20% tax, you pay 15% tax and 5% goes into another so local pot. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it would be... It would, it would be wrong to to try and start something where the I guess I guess I'm just not of, doing a proper job. At, at I'm thinking of now. like a a post tax world, I guess, and I'm I'm sort of I I guess the the reason post revolution. Kind of, yeah, I mean, I kind of I don't know. I I have these thoughts quite a lot, and I I think there's something sort of fundamentally 
damaged in inside my mind because it sort of is is a kind of thought <laughs> that I come back to quite a lot. Yeah, quite possibly. But I mean, it's it's one of those things that sort of you feel like you need to prepare or at least have some have some concrete thoughts about this situation so that you know if it did come to sort of preparing i'm not a sort of end of the world type person i don't have a bunker if i had the money i might have a bunker um but it's it's one of these that i kind of think i feel like there's a lot of strength in community especially when the communities that i've grown up in have been generally more supportive of each other than if when then if you compare it to sort of the disconnect between the billionaires in london yeah. That's the sort of that's the divide that I'm thinking of, you know, big yeah. men in suits and Doris round down the road who's struggling to feed her cat. Absolutely. The solution, Doris, is to eat the cat. Um, no, wicked, wicked. Well, as tradition dictates, do you have any uh, final thoughts for us, Dewey? Otherwise, other than we're all fucked. Um... We are all obviously deeply fucked. If you're not crying by the end of this episode, you're doing something Fucking wrong. Hell yeah, it's been dreary. Sorry about that. Jesus Christ, because <laughs> I'm not going to end on much of a positive note. And I was actually having a discussion with my a couple of other friends uh, the other night about this, where it, I, you know, if I was of a person that had a decent amount of money, you know, yeah. like plenty of disposable income, sure. I wouldn't think twice now about getting private health care. I'm sorry to say it, just because of the state of everything. And you're thinking to yourself, like, you know, I need to protect my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I actually I actually looked at a quote. Uh, it was, like, for me, partner and two kids or something. It was, like, £150 a month. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, again, you know, if you've got, if you, you know, you're on a big whack, it's affordable in a way as well, isn't it? Less, you know, it's less, like, you know, less than two grand a year. People pay £600 a month for a bloody car. So, you know, so me having those thoughts, what I'm, what I'm getting at, if I'm having those thoughts, you know, a person with my views, it's, it's pretty scary, really. I can't see a pathway out of it without radical change, certainly a new government. Mm. I'm not convinced that the additional national insurance is going to make a, a big difference just because there's so many variables and there's plenty of things in the moment that the government can unfortunately blame you know, the war, inflation, et cetera, et cetera, things that are now of our hands and people will probably nod along and say, yeah, he's probably got a point and he's trying his fucking best. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, ha- I haven't got a good way. I'm worried about the future. Definitely, 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 definitely am. And I'm not in a position at the moment where I think that, you know, if my dad has a heart attack tomorrow, chances are I'll have to bundle him in my car and not expect an ambulance to turn up. You know, yeah. things have gotten to that stage at the moment. So, no, I'm terrified, really. And uh, if I could afford it, I'd go for private health care insurance. So on that positive note. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, lovely, it's, it's, lovely finishing there. And yeah, thanks, Terry, uh, for another week. Hopefully we won't have uh, to- offed, our- offed ourselves by uh, by next Monday. <laughs> I'll do it in the next hour, I think. <laughs> well, you've got to remember, Dewey, you may feel like that, but at least you're not alone. We're all fucked. <laughs> Cheers, Dan. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.